0: Like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I seen this movie.
1: Smoke and mirrors, guys! Welcome to the Movie Factory! Join the club, we've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello! And we are here tonight to review uh, the Hudsucker Proxy from 1994. Um, if you've never listened to the podcast before, it's important to know a couple of things. Is One, we started Movie Club to make sure that every week we were watching at least one movie that one of us had not seen because we had a bad habit of falling into the same movies over and over and over and over again. Corey and I both have seen some movies way too many times. Um, and about a year into this, we decided to start doing themes. So every month we'd have a focused area to pull movies from so it wasn't just so random. And this month, uh, November... 2019 we are doing the coen brothers uh these are coen films that one of us had not seen uh this week's was my choice but neither cory or i had seen hudsocker proxy so we'll get into that a little later but before we do we like to catch up with what's been going on and what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded so cory how's it going it's going
0: it's monday how are you
1: (laughs) i had a long weekend um like both in the sense that i was off for three days and then in the sense that i was not um, you know, I started a third job and I was already scheduled to work Saturday and Sunday and uh, We had some major veteran day sales. I won't say which company I'm working for but um, it Prompted a lot of online orders, which is what I'm doing. I pull online orders and stuff and so Sat- uh, Saturday was kind of slow and then Sunday was like insane like busiest I've seen so far and um, I was asked to my, my boss realized that I, I would be off today because it's veterans day and so, uh, asked me if I would be willing to come in and work in the morning to help keep the, pull more orders. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, I have a hard time saying no, uh, and I didn't really have a good reason other than, like, I haven't had a day off in a few weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, I need the money, so I went ahead and, uh, I worked a little extra this morning, but I did still manage to see some movies today, though, so it, it, that was really my plan anyways, and it worked out, so. Nice oh that does not taste good um
0: <laughs> so now you have to tell the audience yes. and me what you're what doesn't taste good uh
1: um i i'm a coffee drinker and i switched to decaf uh, almost you know completely a few months ago mm-hmm. and because uh, i drink a lot of coffee so i needed to i still wanted to be able to drink a lot but not uh have the caffeine res- side effects mm-hmm. um so uh it was late, and I was I was running late. I actually, because because I worked today, I completely blanked that we were even recording tonight, because um, it didn't feel like a Monday, I guess, because I didn't go to like my normal job, and um, and Kathy worked late, so we had a very late dinner, and uh, I still wanted some coffee before recording. Um, it helps, like, kind of ease in my evening. Like a, a hot drink for me just is like relaxing. And so I uh, I didn't have time to make a pot of coffee, though, so I, I had, like, some instant coffee. Yeah, I either put too much or not enough of the instant coffee oh, in this. No. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, not so good, but um, I'll suffer through. Uh, but also I didn't need a, to make a pot because, you know, it's late. Um, not that it would make me stay up, just, like, I'm not going to drink it all before I go to bed kind of thing. So, um, yeah, but, you know, this week uh, past has been fun i've seen some movies and uh a couple of new, a lot of new stuff came out this weekend in fact um so i'm sure we're going to talk about at least a little bit uh of one movie that we might do a special episode for but um yeah that's kind of it i haven't done anything but like work and and watch movies um playing call of duty modern warfare quite a bit and not like a bit but like for me it feels like a bit so i think every day i've touched it for at least a few minutes um mm-hmm but you know that's that's what i like about it i can hop in like play some multiplayer and then hop out kind of thing you know mm-hmm. but what uh you got anything else or you want to move into what we've been watching
0: i mean i'm not that interesting we can move into what we've been watching
1: all right first or second
0: i'm gonna go first all right so still making my way <laughs> through um are you afraid of the dark? Yes. I love it. Um, Some of the, uh, I was like messaging you last night, some of the cameos are kind of surprising. I've seen most of these episodes, um, but some of them, like, it's not even like the complete seasons. It's like volumes
1: and it's
0: like six or seven episodes per, you know, volume, but I'm still really glad to own it. I've watched most of them. Somebody had them on YouTube. Oh, okay. But some of them had been, like, old for probably copyright or whatever. But um on Thursday, I went with a friend to see Motherless Brooklyn. Oh. And <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to... I feel like most people that are going to see it know what it's about. But do you ever, like, watch movies and you feel so inappropriate laughing?
1: Oh. Um, like, you sometimes. feel
0: bad about it? Because he's he has Tourette's yeah that's right in the synopsis and i feel like i shouldn't be laughing but it's so funny and then um and actually that one was already in a small screening room at my theater but the theater was pretty pretty packed i thought for you know that movie and then yesterday i saw da, 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 dr sleep
1: mm. which i mean i also saw but I, I was i don't know if we should wait.
0: Yeah, that's oh. why. That's all you're getting.
1: Ah. Is that it?
0: Yeah, I also... Oh, I'm going to talk about what I've been reading, too. Ah. I finished reading The Shining.
1: Which I've been listening to.
0: Oh, it's so good. Um, And uh, I just started Doctor Sleep. I'm a slow reader. I'm only, like, 15 or 20 pages in. But uh, a friend told me that it's much darker than The Shining and even, like this not far in it definitely feels like it cuz i'm hard to like scare or creep out but i don't know how to explain it
1: got it well i've uh, seen quite a few movies and i did watch um i'm caught up with the well i guess there might have been a new episode of silicon valley last night but i'm caught up with the first two episodes of the last season of silicon valley which uh, is one of my favorite hbo shows and I need to watch... I'm trying to make an effort to watch a little more TV. It's very hard, but um, I'm going to just start throwing it on in the background and not giving it all of my attention um, <clears throat> because it's just I don't have time otherwise. And I've been doing that with YouTube, but at this point I've kind of caught up on all the YouTube channels that I really like, so I'm kind of stuck at the moment. So TV seems to be where I'm going to end up. Um, but, like, I've got a list of TV shows that I'm planning on watching. But as far as movies go, um, I think I saw Harriet the night we recorded last... Um, so since then, I saw Black and Blue, um, which I was a little disappointed with. It's not bad, but ah. it's also... It it just feels like there are much better movies to tackle the subject, and I feel like the, they only um, brush up against the topic of uh, Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter, um, which is, to me, like the, the whole premise is embedded there. But I may have... Maybe I overassumed based on the premise, that that's what the movie would be, because it is more of, like, a standard action movie than it is anything else. Maybe action thriller. Um, but then I saw Dr. Sleep on Thursday, which, um, I will... I, I think it's safe to say that Corey and I both love Dr. Sleep. Um, Big Tuna, uh, did not like it. And apparently, um, I've not spoken to our friend Brendan, but apparently he told Big Tuna he's mixed. So we have a, a variety of takes on that. Um... Watched the Hudsucker Proxy Saturday morning before I went to work, um, which we will be talking about in detail here in a moment. Then uh, I got off work last night at 6.30 and I wanted to see a movie if I could. And I, uh, Last Christmas was playing at 7.15 and I knew um, Kathy was home and I was like, hey, w- let's go watch the movie together because this is probably the only night we're going to be able to do that. And uh, She hadn't been to the movies in a while, so I was excited that she agreed and we both really enjoyed Last Christmas. Um, new Paul Feig movie which apparently a lot of his movies work for me Um, this morning I worked 7 to 1 and then I uh, went right up to the movie theater and saw a documentary called No Safe Spaces which I don't agree with a lot of the political viewpoints of the people in the movie but I do agree with the thesis of the film which is that um, you can't have free speech if there's limitations on who has the right to it Um, and I mean, think of this podcast, for example. No one gave us permission. We could talk about anything we wanted to. And sure, there could be consequences for what we say. You know, that's that's normal. But nobody is censoring us or our right to say what we want. Yeah. And while I don't agree with a lot of, the like, hate speech and things like that, I would say I don't agree with any hate speech. Um, there, is a, there is no way to censor them without potentially putting our own freedom of speech at risk and that's the thesis of the film and uh it features adam carolla um who you might remember from like the man show and he did like crank anchors and he has the most popular podcast i believe in the country at the moment Um, oh my god love line yes and he was on love line um and then dennis prager who i i actually sadly as i'm not very political knew nothing about um or at least i didn't know i knew anything about but I found the documentary again. I don't agree with a lot of their actual stances in terms of like their other points of view, but as far as the free speech issue, I do see it as a concern because the idea of censorship in general is always scary because you have to ask who is being censored and by whom, Mm. and that can get very scary, especially with like fascist regimes or totalitarian. And it is interesting because a lot of the people who are Trying to, like, you can't if you we don't want to hear your Nazi propaganda, which I don't think anyone should be a Nazi. But if we say they can't do that, and especially when while calling them a fascist, it's like, well, do you understand what a fascist is? Because by censoring a certain group of people, you are taking fascist action, and it is concerning that we're not seeing that, that double standard. Um, because again, if it were the other way around, we would totally not be okay with it, right? If the Nazis were saying we couldn't speak, we'd be like, no no we can't let that happen and that's correct because that's one of the things that makes this country so great we're supposed to be able to have a discourse and it does seem like now it, conversations aren't happening we're just shutting down things we don't like and I think that's a problem um, again not encouraging it I, I think t- to me the ultimate thing is that everybody should be treated equal and that everybody has the right to be better and better themselves and as, if you're not infringing, like if you're not encouraging violence, inciting violence, um, but you're just, you know, stating your opinion on something, you, again, you don't have to like it, and you don't have to agree with it, but that is our right to do, and we should be willing to adhere to that because our right to say we don't like it is exactly what we're fighting for, right? Like, not to get on any kind of soapbox or anything, but I do, I I was su- surprisingly intrigued by the documentary, and again, not agreeing with a lot of the people their political stances and things like that necessarily but um i do think it's a big issue and as a journalist i remember i went to school to be a reporter um and that first amendment right is is huge for the press so but um and then right after that ended i went and saw the lighthouse Mm -hmm. which did you see yeah yeah movie is uh it's a24 like all over it Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but Pattinson and um, and Defoe are both really great in it. And I kind of feel like Defoe should have always been a pirate. Like, he's not technically a pirate, but he's very pirate-esque. Man, I just thought he was, like, fit for that character, like, in every way. Mm -hmm. Um, I did buy a ticket to see Midway uh, after the lighthouse, but I did not actually go and see it. Um, I don't really have an interest in watching it, but it was part of a, a Regal special, um, where if you saw Rambo: Last Blood, which I suffered through, uh, Jexy, which I liked um, much more than I expected, uh, Midway, which I've not now seen but have bought my ticket, and Knives Out, which I know I'm gonna love because I I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan. Uh, the cast is insanely good, like just insane. It's such a good cast, and. Um, I, everything I've heard, I'm just I'm fairly confident I'm gonna love Knives Out, so I want to be able to own that one, and so that was like I needed to see Midway, but I don't I don't feel like sitting through it right now, so I can know and with Regal Unlimited, I, I can always go back to it. So,
0: I was just gonna say I feel like um, for for a second I thought you were, it, it, you were talking about um, 1917, mm. but. Um, midway is isn't that also a war movie yes it's a I pearl feel like Harbor, I've seen
1: I think it's like <laughs> following right. the events of pearl Harbor kind of thing um yeah mid uh, okay, perfect 1917 I was not interested in until I saw the regal featurette about the uh how they made the movie um it's Sam mendez and uh Robert Deacon um I think that's I hope I didn't butcher his name um my brain is shutting down just so everybody knows but um I uh I'm a big fan of one shots um i've studied like them extensively uh you know movies done as a one whether it's a legitimate one um like veronica which is a, a really interesting um i believe it's a french film but with uh, german producers if I, it's set in france i think but i think it is a german film or something like that um it's all done in one actual take they did it three nights in a row they did the whole movie um it's a heist movie to make it all the more challenging to do oh. a one shot um and I think if I remember correctly, they they ended up using the first take. So even though they filmed it three nights in a row, they used the first night. Um, but uh, like I've I've seen that, and I've seen the Hitchcock movie Rope, where he uh, attempts to do a true Warner, but it literally was it not possible because of film the film stock only lasted for ten minutes, so every ten minutes he had to cut. Um, and so had to figure out interesting ways to hide them because there was no computer uh, stitching like you can do now, like Emmanuel Lubezki has done in multiple films, including, and most notably in uh, Birdman or the um, Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. So like, I'm I'm very, very into the one shot, the long take. Um, And so for them to do, and again, it is gonna be digitally stitched at times because uh, it's impossible for them to have filmed it the way they have done it, but like all the landscapes, like 1917 has really caught my interest it's um, just like a marvel of filmmaking, and I'm very excited to see that one. Where Midway, it's the same director from Independence Day, and it's got your I think your boy Patrick Wilson's in it. I'm kind of burnt out on Patrick Wilson. Um, like he's progressively yes. like gotten less and less interesting to me. Um, he's not quite where Jason Clark is. Like, if Jason Clark were in Midway, I would definitely write it off completely. But, um. Oh, no yeah i i don't i don't know what it is jason clark i apologize but you you just don't click with me and i don't like watching your movies because of it um yeah if, if you're listening um but you know <laughs> oh, no. um yeah but uh filmmakers that i do really like is the coen brothers so i think um if you're ready we should hop into the Hudsucker proxy
0: yes Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail.
1: You have been
0: warned.
1: Wow, you jumped the gun by, like, a whole segment. Oh, Oh,
0: shit! (laughs) I thought that was like, are you ready? I mean, I felt... I'm sorry, guys. It's It's Monday. It felt like a Monday. You know? (laughs) So, (laughs)
1: before we get into spoilers, uh, we like to just talk about our (laughs) general opinions of the movie, (laughs) as well as give the stats. Um... (laughs) So, The <laughs> Hudsucker Proxies from 1994. Uh, it is directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Um Stars Tim Robbins, Paul Newman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Charles Durning, John Mahoney. Um, stars is strong for John Mahoney. He's barely in it. Bill Cobbs, Bruce Campbell. Um, and did you hear a famous voice in this yes. movie? Who was it? I was it? so
0: excited. Who it was, was my it? boy, John
1: Goodman. That's right. I was like... That sounds like Goodman. Oh yeah, and Steve Buscemi shows up as a regular Cohen. Um, uh, I should For say as Cohen regular. Yes, that's he. He pops in those movies. Apparently, Sam same Raimi was in it somewhere. Um, I I didn't. And I didn't really.
0: He helped write this.
1: Oh, I didn't look at that. Is he on? Oh yeah, he's the the third Bill, on the writing credits with Joel and Ethan, and then Anna Nicole Smith has a really awful part. <laughs> She's barely in it, but. Uh, Oh, who did she remind me of? Um, oh, Zsa Zsa Gabor, I think they were going for like, I, yeah. Um, which which oof.
0: is funny. I'll get into that in a moment, but because oh. uh, I went, you when we were recording and behind the scenes, you were going to be a little bit late, and I was like, oh, so I just started researching people, and then it was two thousand and seven all over again, and I was reading about Anna Nicole Smith. Ah.
1: Well, okay, so the Hudsucker Proxy. I'll start since this is my pick. I'll give my take first. Um, one, it should be noted that the Cohens and their sensibilities mesh with mine very, very, very well. Uh, I have a dark sense of humor, so do they. Um, I love a good mystery or like, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. They they just have this really great way of telling story that just always seems to work for me. There's a few exceptions, um, and I went into this one a little apprehensive. I'd heard mixed things. Um, it's only got a 52 on metacritic and uh but a 7.2 imdb user score 53 metacritic sorry but um i the first half of this movie i absolutely adore i really really love the first half and it's slowly kind of just dragged on i think um not that it's bad and i still really like it overall i think um it, I do think it starts so much stronger than it ends. Uh, I think it, it could be one of those things where they push the time a little too much, where it could have ended maybe 20 minutes earlier and uh, yeah. maybe 15, and it would have been tighter. Because it does feel like they're stretching. They're like they're reaching for things to keep going. Um, You get a lot of like recurring of the same elements, which work to a degree, but at the same time, it's not. Um, I do feel like this is a throwback to... I don't know if you've ever seen His Girl Friday. Um, no. Or, or uh, we did watch... Um, uh mr smith goes to washington together though for the movie club yeah mistaken. we did and uh those two movies have a similar strong female character that i think jennifer jason lee's character in this film is is without question pulling from and i really like that a lot um and it, i do think this is a throwback to that time period of film um which the Coens do quite a bit um when it, especially if they set their characters in a period piece they also kind of pull from those old movies um, you see it in like *Hail Caesar*, and then in this, I th- I thought severely noticeable, um, in a good way. I love Jennifer Jason Leigh in this movie. That the voice that she's doing the '50s, like *His Girl Friday* kind of reporter, is outstanding. And I, I'm already a fan of hers, anyways. But man, like stuff like this, which is like she got typecast for a while, and it sucks because she's a really versatile actress, who ends up being like the slutty, you know, like coked out character you know like in good time she's that and then um i have no other examples coming to mind for some reason but i swear she has been that more times than not um paul newman uh was an actor i i, I still don't think i've seen much of his but i've we watched butch casting and the sundance kid i love him in that um so much and it was i liked him in this um his voice is so raspy, though. In this, it's like a little on uh, off putting at times. And then uh, Tim Robbins, I I like um, in general. Like I don't know about. I I think he might be a contentious, like maybe political figure. But as as an actor, I tend to enjoy him and stuff. Um, and I like him in this. Uh, overall, I found the movie to be uh funny at times. There's a lot of little bits that I thought worked really, really well. I love a lot of the imagery though. Of the movie, uh, the the theme with the clock and like our time. I thought that was a lot of interesting things oh and um i think it's charles goodwin is mr hudsucker and he is papio daniels in um in oh brother charles derning sorry charles derning um he's papio daniel in uh oh brother where art thou you know he's the one uh trying to run for re-election oh. yeah i love him hmm. in that um and he's in a couple of the other cohen's films um i think he's in a uh, Sim- simple man no, no, that's not. That's the one with. Um, my brain is definitely not clicking on all cylinders right now. But uh, I, I liked a lot. There's this really cool montage, um, in the film that I thought was great. Where uh, it's like them laughing and it's match cutting to like the next scene, and I just thought that montage was so cool and so funny, um, and like insane at the same time. It really does like kind of showcase the insanity of this corporate world, and I love the simplicity of his stupidity. You know that his whole thing. Uh, he's like, Look what I made and he just shows the circle. Like that everyone's gonna yeah. understand the context of it. And then when they when <laughs> like, they clearly oh, the don't begin of a diagram. Yeah, and when they when they clearly don't get it, he's just like, you know, for kids. And it's 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 so great. I I really found that to be funny. But uh overall, I'd say positive. Um, not their strongest film, but also not their weakest by any means. Uh definitely enjoy oh,
0: anything's better than um one of those last ones we watched. What? Oh, my God. Intolerable cruelty.
1: Yeah, I didn't love that one either. But, I mean, it, I didn't think it was... It's still not their worst. I like
0: this one better than oh, this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like this one better than that one. Agreed. Uh, um, I like the movie. I agree that it could have cut off some time. I really like Jennifer Jason Leigh's character. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the way she was talking annoyed the hell out of me. I thought she did a really good job. And I really like Tim Robbins' character. Um and I kind of liked I guess his like progression of his character throughout the movie
1: mm.
0: and also how hers changes Yes. Um, and totally agree about their sense of humor <laughs> and like just <laughs> dying sometimes and I love that Jennifer Jason Lee got a, at least a couple of those really funny 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 scenes Um, and that's all I have to say
1: yeah, and um, they do a little bit of homage to slapstick too. Like when he's first meeting Paul Newman's character, and he sets the trash can on fire, and it's just like everything's going wrong. Um, it's super slapstick, and it's it's entertaining. Uh, again, I th- I do think it wears it wears out its welcome a little bit too much. Uh, again, I think there's at least two or three scenes that feel redundant um, towards the end, but not in a, again not in like a de- huge detrimental way. Just a, it could have been a tighter overall experience i think um but now i think is the time where i guess i will go back and cut out the part where you said the, <laughs> you no, should no. have
0: just loved it
1: i think you should uh, <laughs> wow i'm gonna totally leave it let's go ahead and do it again
0: okay guys from here on out for real i thought you were just setting me up so well last time i was like hell yeah and i'm gonna get this and i'm gonna do a great job because i never catch it when you set me up to be fair um, you did
1: still do a great job it's just oh, thanks early <laughs> early
0: a better better early than late i guess um so we're gonna talk about head proxy i always feel like i'm gonna say that wrong from 1994 in great detail you've been warned
1: so the head proxy um i like how it starts too, like with the uh him about to jump on new year's eve and um like it then goes back in time we're gonna see how we get there uh you know not uncommon to do the flashback kind of thing um but uh yeah it, it's got this i guess so the character that we should talk about maybe the most in spoilers is the one who gets i think the least clarity is moses bill cobb's character who is the opening narration from and i'm guessing he, he's kind of like a clarence figure from what's a wonderful life like this guardian angel um because he's he's clearly magical i mean he stops time with a uh, uh with his broom essentially shoves the broom in the gears which i feel pretty confident that spike lee would argue this is the magical negro trope that the one black character in the movie has magical powers and he's using them to help the white protagonist achieve a goal um or learn his lesson and that's a shame uh it is of course this movie's 94 i don't remember for sure what year spike lee coins the term but it's after 94 um but it's it's a very accurate trope this you can go through film history and see uh the black characters serving one purpose which is to help the white protagonist uh usually through some kind of magic in this case again it's undefined magic but that's why i, I went guardian angel because he seems to be looking out for him um in a big way Mm. Um, but that's, like, the most interesting, because, like, Robin's character falls out of the window and is, is going to die, and yet time freezes, and he just lands hard on the ground at the end. Um, so, there's magic in this movie, right? It's, it's unique that something like that saves a character.
0: Yeah, well, even, like, the stopping of time and, uh, wearing Hudsucker appears to him. Mm-hmm as an angel. I mean, I guess that isn't necessarily magic, but, I mean, the perfect timing.
1: Yeah, and I like that conversation. I think he does... um, I think Durning gets overlooked sometimes, but he does a really good job in that role, and I like him in that... um, That whole speech he gives is very entertaining, I thought.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. I um, was... Well, I mean... So I was excited to see that Bruce Campbell's in this movie, but he was in it for five seconds.
1: Um, he got a couple of scenes, but yeah, it's very very short each time. But I like him. I, yeah. I think he's good with Jennifer Jason Lee, even though it could have been another scene or two with him um, instead of some of the other stuff. But yeah. Yeah, this movie I... also remind. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off, But it also reminded me of Mister Deeds. Um, Do you ever hmm. see Mr... Like I've only seen the Billy Ma... or, Billy Madison, the Adam Sandler and Winona Ryder version but there is like another older version. But um because, you know, he inherits a bunch of money, he's he's the buffoon who gets suddenly famous and rich and a reporter lies to get close to him in order to get the scoop. And that's very much the premise of what's happening here. Uh although the Adam Sandler Mr D's comes after this. Uh there is an original, so I am you know, I would assume the comments might have been pulling from that as well, even though I again I don't know for sure how that one plays out, but that's the only one that I've seen also,
0: and I haven't seen it in such a long time.
1: Um. Yeah, all the Sandler, like, I forget which one I stopped, but there was, like, maybe Little Nicky. There was um, a series where I, I rewatched all of the Sandler films, like, way too many times. So uh, I've seen Mr. Deeds at least ten times. Um, so, Holy. Yeah. Really? yeah, I because I, the Sandler movies were comfort movies for me. Like, I could put on mm-hmm. almost any one of those early Sandler films and just relax you know it made me laugh like you know but I could ignore it and the uh, B- big daddy wedding singer is my favorite though of that era like I can rewatch that one oh, still. I feel like
0: that's the best one
1: like yeah I think it is
0: um I so I like that he is an imbecile 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 um and hmm. that he kind of falls into this position that he was coveting anyways um,
1: yes That he went to Muncie and, University for
0: Yes um, But he's not I don't know I feel like it would be hard To be put in that position and do a good job Anyways even if like not Having any prior experience because that's like the whole I guess setup of how he gets the job in the mail room And then he decides to go up And he's supposed to deliver this letter But he tries to sell himself instead And then he ends up in the position that he wants But I feel like most people progress to that, and here he is, he's just thrown into it. Um, so I feel like maybe it would be hard to do a good job, you know? Yeah. Anyways, but I like watching his character because he is a likable character. He starts out as a nice guy. He tries to be fair, and, you know, um, she thinks he's an idiot. Everyone thinks he's an idiot. That's why he got the job. But then as he, like, does <laughs> the loop that doesn't, initially sell well and is not successful and then overnight just goes crazy um fun fact i cannot hula hoop
1: yeah no um it's
0: a life goal to learn how to hula hoop
1: i've tried i feel like at one point in my life i could ever but like not well like but i could get it to hula maybe two or three times before it would fall
0: mm I but can't even do that. The kid
1: they got to hula hoop in this movie <laughs> is ridiculously good. Like, I love how he's just, like... It's supposed to be, like, the first time anyone's ever hula hooped, and the kid, like, has, like, all the big tricks. Like, he's doing it around his ankle and he's around his neck, <laughs> and everyone's just, I, like, aw- awestruck.
0: I love, like, how it's kind of... So much of the story could be, like, a normal story that could possibly happen, but then it has, like, those moments where it's, like, big and just I don't know grand and it is fun that scene was fun because it I forget where he oh the, it's the shop guy like throws him out of his shop because he's over them and they're just it's just perfectly rolling down the street to this kid I thought yeah. that was a fun scene
1: yeah I, um, I think there's a lot of like early Coen's you really see the film school influence I feel like they're always paying homage to the classics which um I want to jump into this for a second, but I'm on the Wikipedia page looking at the writing of the movie and I learned two things right away. Uh the Cohen brothers first met Sam Raimi when Joel Cohen worked as an assistant editor on Raimi's The Evil Dead in 1981. What? Yeah, I had no idea. Um and then they started writing the Hudsucker proxy then, after they met there. Um and it wouldn't get made for, you know, almost ten years, uh or thirteen years I guess to be more precise. Um, but here, uh, just to verify one, I'm disappointed myself cause I listed, um, his Girl Friday. I even mentioned Mr. Deeds and, um, uh, M- Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but I f- should have thought Sullivan's Travels was a film I watched last year and I really, really loved it. It's another classic old film. I bought the Criterion and finally watched and really, really liked a whole lot. Um, so according to this Wikipedia, um, The Coen's and Raimi were inspired by the films of Preston Sturgis, such as Christmas in July and the Hollywood satire Sullivan's Travel. A sentimental tone and and decency of ordinary men as heroes was influenced by films of Frank Capra, like Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, Meet John Doe, and It's a Wonderful Life, which I also referenced a little bit ago, um, including uh, the Clarence and Moses connection. Uh, The dialogue is an homage to Howard Hawks' His Girl Friday, while Jennifer Jason Leigh's performance as fast-talking reporter Amy Archer is reminiscent of Rosalind Russell and Catherine Hepburn, in both the physical and vocal mannerisms, uh, Catherine Hepburn in, um, uh, Philadelphia story. Um, I think her voice is like spot on to that. Um, and so just a couple, you know, one, I like patting myself on the back when I find something like that. Cause I totally nailed a lot of those picks. Um, Which is the reason I watch so many movies, is to get all these connections. And if my students are listening to this, that is why I encourage you when we're studying genre to watch more than just one extra film than what we show in class, so that you can really see all the connections and and make that a more real experience rather than just taking a textbook's word for it. Um, You know, because I've seen a lot of these movies now that four years ago I had never seen any of those films, except for It's a Wonderful Life, you know? And with the effort I've made to branch out and watch films outside of my comfort zone, um, although it's slowed down this year because of all the work stuff and everything, but I am still watching new films like crazy. I need to try to make more time for older stuff. But um, it's one of the reasons I love the Blank Check podcast is because I can pick a director and sit with that director and really see all of their style and pattern come out over time or their lack thereof if they don't have that kind of directing um, trademark, although so far i would say most of the blank check directors they've picked um have that trademark of being kind of an auteur um sorry to go on a tangent but i am a big big proponent of uh you know seeing where you know films come from because like with the joker this year that's been a negative criticism because i feel like um i've now blocked out the director's name um didn't get the movies he was referencing like he's referencing clearly like visually and stylistically but he isn't getting the themes in a way that is meaningful like it's almost like he misinterpreted the content and i feel like the cohen's are doing the, are the opposite when they pay homage like it's very clear that they have studied and understand what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're how what they're saying is going to be reflected in these older films and how a, a viewer's knowledge of those older films is going to help with the connection to the themes that they're exploring. Um, it's it, Todd Phillips is the director of the Joker, and um, I just think leaps and bounds different in terms of, like Phillips has style or whatever, but he doesn't. If you've like done, one, if you've seen some of his other films, his biggest claim to fame is the Hangover trilogy, which should speak a little bit of volumes. Not saying it's not a funny movie, but it's not exactly intellectually stimulating in any way. Um, you know, tackling such dark themes like Taxi Driver did just you can tell he doesn't understand the way Scorsese understood and the Coens are brilliant Um, I I am again big advocate for them and even if I don't like all their movies I tend to at least get what they're doing even if I don't necessarily enjoy it you know like Intolerable Cruelty I think we both got what was going on it just didn't click for us
0: because I think that you and I both feel the same way and I know that we've talked about this before Like, for me to like and get into a movie, I need to like the characters. Not all of them, but at least, you know, one or two of them. Like, I want to be invested in you. Otherwise, I'm not invested in the movie. And also, we've talked about that they kind of still do what they want. And thankfully, they have they've still had a successful career because that's not always the case.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing—the Coens, um, in many ways, probably shouldn't be as successful as they've been, and it's—it always baffles me at the people who haven't seen some of their movies because I find they're always artistically interesting to me, like no matter what the the topic of the film is they've always done something really cool like the, the the look of this film the production design of the the time period and the building that they're in and i love when you first go into paul newman's office that it's like half of the clock tower like he's literally like in part of the face of the clock is like his backdrop and yet it's so you know there's nothing to it i mean it's beyond um uh well, what's the term when it's like apple's whole aesthetic um Oh my god! Normally have this on the tip of my tongue, and it's just not happening. Because again, brain is shutting down. Lack of sleep is a real issue, people. Um,
0: Minimal. I yes, I minimalistic.
1: Know. Wow, minimum, minimalism okay. is the art style that I could not pull. Uh, yeah, it's very minimalistic. He's got you know just the stock ticker in his desk, basically in the office. No chairs. You know, he's no one's welcome. He doesn't want anybody there. Um, it's just this street really business. Cool. Yeah, it's such a cool like i don't know there's so many little things in the movie that i just find a lot of joy and again even that i don't think it's perfect plot wise and i do and i'm not saying it's like bad and it, like sometimes when i make a criticism like it could be 20 minutes shorter i am saying like i think the script is weak and it could be better here i'm just saying i i think i would have enjoyed it more had they trimmed it down i'm not even saying the stuff that's there is wrong necessarily because i respect the cohen's at a level that, that i don't respect every single person who gets a screenplay made granted I understand I've never gotten a screenplay made. I get that. I am aware of that uh, that weird thing with critics in general, that we are criticizing things that we can't ourselves make, or at least usually do not. However, academically, I have studied film quite a bit. I've read a lot of books. Uh, it does not make me a single singular expert by any means, but I am coming from a place of experience and knowledge um, with my opinions. It is not just a, a knee-jerk reaction. And from my taste, this film felt Uh, much stronger in the beginning um you know and uh, that that's it especially because i have seen almost all of the comic films i have one left that we'll watch in two weeks and that's it you know i've seen their whole oeuvre and i know how talented they can be when they're excelling and i've seen their worst film Uh, although i do i feel like i need to revisit the lady killers but i do think that is by far their worst it is their one true remake of a film where it is a uh, complete copy of something else and I think it shows. Um, I think Tom Hanks is great in it. I think a lot of the other casting is is questionable, especially Marlon Wayans in that film. But um, not and not to criticize Marlon Wayans. I think when Marlon Wayans is cast correctly, he can be very good. I think in uh, Requiem for a Dream, he's really good. And I don't blame him for never wanting to do a movie like that again because I can't imagine how nuts that must have been to do uh, that film. But I can't. It, it's a movie I don't know that I can ever rewatch. Um, I could rewatch scenes, yeah! but man, it's such a tense and crazy film. And I'm a, I'm an Aronofsky supporter. I like almost every one of his movies, um, almost. And I loved Mother, which was hated by many. But, um, you know, I like... I, I'm not always a fan of, of auteur directors. It's not like instantly because you have this opinion, I'm going to mesh with it. But I do almost always respect it, uh, that you have this vision of your of your story and how you like to tell story and that you're going to make that movie especially like you said with the cohens they the fact that they're still getting to make movies is kind of although it does seem like maybe according to Scorsese that that's not going to be the way anymore unless you go through like Netflix or Prime or something but the traditional studio system seems reticent to let auteurs be auteurs i mean the fact that the irishman had to go to netflix is a shame um, and not a criticism of Netflix, but I, like the Irishman is playing like 45 minutes away from me, uh, like on the 22nd, I think. And I just, I'm not gonna be able to make that track out there, but I would much rather see that movie on a big screen, you know?
0: Yeah. I didn't realize at first when I was reading about that movie that it was going to Netflix, mm-hmm. that it was a Netflix movie. Truly and I...
1: original film. Not one of those where they just slap original on it. Like they actually paid for it to be made and everything.
0: Mm, just like yeah
1: but it's scorsese and everything i've heard about it is that it's amazing so mm -hmm.
0: i don't i don't know i think that it's kind of interesting i mean that he made a movie for netflix too
1: well he made the movie he wanted to make no i mean it's not because this is it's it's one of the selling points that um this is their biggest director to do an original film. I mean, we've had like some of the smaller indie guys do it. Like Noah Bombach did the Meyerowitz stories, which is great. Um, and I, am I'm, I'm mixed, uh, with Bombbach films. I don't like all of I them, haven't. but I like <laughs> some of them, um, which is weird. Cause I'm such a Wes Anderson fan. And so far I'm a huge Greta Gerwig fan and he, he's tied to both of them. And, um, yeah, his movies don't always click for me, but the, the Meyerowitz stories I thought was fantastic. Um, and I, I would, I would see like Wes Anderson and, uh, that kind of indie hipster director doing the streaming services before I would have expected someone like Scorsese but then you look at Silence which I love Silence um, I, I thought I well. was really good but I totally see why a studio would be afraid to make that movie again because Scorsese was attached to it you know it was not cheap to make because of the period settings and stuff and it didn't make any money and unfortunately Hollywood is a business and they want their movies to make money and right now if it's not a comic book film, we don't see we don't see a lot of big money, and uh, the proof of that is Joker without any question, because Todd Phillips straight up has said in interviews the only reason it is a Joker movie is because he needed butts and seats to make the movie he wanted to make. So he made the movie he wanted to make, and then skinned it as a comic book film. Um, and that's one of the issues I have with that film, is it felt like that to me, being a big Batman fan. That this this story, while yes, there's pieces of the batman lore into the film it all felt forced and forced yeah it crammed in there to be a joker movie as opposed to it organically flowing um and uh you know we, we've obviously deviated from the Hudsucker proxy but i think this is all relevant because of the cohen's we don't do a lot of director studies we've done we did some paul thomas anderson last year i think that was last year right where we watched Boogie Nights, nice, or was that this year
0: I, my sense of time is yeah,
1: it's hard to tell I feel like it was last the year worst. But, um, and then next year we're looking to do at least yeah. one or two more directors Uh, but normally we're doing like more generic themes or like um, fun themes at work Uh, like I thought one of our favorites this year was uh, Mint in Box where we watch movies that we own but hadn't seen because really that's why we're even doing this podcast is because we own a bunch of movies between the two of us and we have not and watched many theme? of them yeah. yeah
0: we aren't marking many off but
1: <laughs> no because we keep adding new movies that we don't own so we can buy yeah. more movies <laughs> but um like next month at
0: least we've like switched over to digital for the most part i mean yes. i still buy some criterion but
1: yeah i will always buy a criterion if it's something i really want um uh and or like there's occasional a book that i have to have or disney movies um it's just not like financially sound to not buy the physical copy because it's like 15 bucks for the digital but it's like 20 to 22 for the physical and digital yeah and i'm just like until and disney movies have a resale value so uh until i see a reason not to buy theirs uh physical i will always buy theirs physical like i just got end game spider-man uh, far from home which technically is not a disney movie but also is um and toy story 4 uh, because I love the Toy Story movies oh so much but um, mm. again we're still deviating but um, I just think looking at all these different filmmakers and how they how their voice rings through uh, is very prevalent with the Coens and while the Hudsucker Proxy is not my favorite I do think you see the Coens' style you see them growing um, as well and, it's, and branching out although we have not watched their first comedy which we will be watching again in two weeks which is Raising Arizona and I'm looking forward to seeing that one um, because of Holly Hunter, uh, who I've become a big fan of. So,
0: um, it's sick. It's sick.
1: and uh, Broadcast News, which you need to watch, is so good. Um, possibly one of the best rom-coms of all time. So um, I think at that point, unless you have any, any scenes that in particular, I know we kind of jumped around, but I think that's okay. Um, anything else you want to mention specifically from the film?
0: Um I did really enjoy the slap scenes where uh, Jennifer Jason Lee slap S- some S- guys. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. Um and I just like both of their character arcs, but
1: that's yeah. She's by far my favorite part of the movie though. Um I liked Tim Robbins too, but I I she's just so good in this film.
0: Mhm. But yeah, that's all.
1: So, um for me it's a decent watch.
0: I uh, I think that I might have like did a little more than that. I'm gonna go with not quite golden pony boy.
1: Very nice. I I, I would like to. I, it's definitely one I will probably revisit. Um, I that second half just did like I definitely felt myself not as into it as I was at first. Like I was really into it at first. Um, I was just like marveling at the the cinematography and the the pr- production design and um, even the staging of the production, I just was, like, really, really into it. And then as time went on, I was like, okay, all right. Oh, we didn't talk about the elevator guy at all, but I enjoyed his scenes a lot. Um, He
0: was so annoying, though. Yeah. And even when he's not at the hotel, he's still wearing that stupid hat.
1: It's part of the uniform, Corey. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but he's not in the – he's not there. Oh, and I want to tell you the fun – fact about Anna Nicole Smith sorry guys because it just reminded me because there's that scene where she's with him outside of a club or something um that I was reading her Wikipedia I love Wikipedia I don't really care what anyone says I would never cite it as a source when I'm writing a paper but I love it um she plays a character Zaza but Apparently, after her daughter was born, they were trying to find out the paternity of the father. And Zaza Gabor's husband said that he had had like a ten-year affair with her, and that the kid could be her his. So I just thought that that was wow, kind of like
1: odd connection.
0: Around yeah, and also I can't believe it's been twelve years since she's passed away. Yeah, that
1: is kind of crazy. I didn't realize that either. Um. There's, what was I, um, I think it was during that documentary I saw today, they referenced something from, like, 1996, and I was like, that happened in 96? Like, I remember it so vividly, and yet, I can't remember what it was, I just remember going, wow, I remember that, like, it happened yesterday, and it was, like, when I was a freshman in freaking high school, like, that is insane, um, how our brains can do that, but, um, we'll be back next week with our, uh, fourth episode of the Cohen month, which is a movie that I am excited for. Corey, you have never seen Barton Fink, um, which is one of the Cohen's earliest films. It's nineteen ninety one. It stars John turturro um, and John Goodman as well. Um, you also get Judy Davis, um, Michael Lerner, who you will recognize for sure, John Mahoney again, Tony shalhoub and John Polito, which was in this movie for a second too. Um in Hudsucker Proxy, I'm pretty sure, he was Casper in Miller's Crossing, but I am, oh, Steve is also in Barton Fink, but I, I think, again, another small role, has a 69 Metacritic, 7.7 IMDb user score, um, written and directed by the Coens, uh, I saw this in year one of uh, Burke Reviews, and was so into it, so, so, so into this film, um, I think it's my favorite John Turturro performance, Um, I, I can't wait to rewatch it. I've been wanting to rewatch it since we saw it and I will, I will give you, um, it is not directly related to Hail Caesar, but I very much think it could be in the same universe as Hail Caesar. Um, and it would, it would make perfect sense for it to be like a, like for Hail Caesar to be a a spiritual uh, sequel to Barton Fink. Sorry, listeners, my brain is definitely shutting down. So, um that's what we'll be watching next week if you like what we're doing we ask that you rate and review the podcast it helps other listeners find us uh we also would love to hear your thoughts on the movies and the podcast um so you can reach out to us uh on social media at Burke reviews for me and Corey at Corey r star two r's on the end and just you know hit us up tell us what you like we're on instagram we're on letterboxd we're on uh twitter you know any format works Tell us what you're thinking of the podcast, what you'd like to see. Maybe give us some theme ideas. We've pretty much got next year laid out, but we're willing to make some changes if we have a better idea come up. Um, So if you have any thoughts for themes or uh, possible avenues to explore, hit us up, let us know. Um, Corey, thanks as always. Thank you. And until next time, listener, keep watching movies. This has been a Berk Reviews podcast. Bookreviews.com. do you like movies do you
0: like podcasts or are you just lonely if the answer is yes and even if it's not then check out the what i watch tonight shows filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movie verse there's something for everyone so come check it out more details at what or from all good podcast providers